Welcome to the first episode of Conflict and Conversation on social media. Today we are going to speak to Shiraz Tsarfati. Shiraz is 23 years old. She was born and raised in Israel, but is also very connected to her French identity through frequently visiting family in France and attending a French school in Israel since preschool. After completing her army service with the IDF, she moved to New York and studied acting through the Lee Strausberg Film and Theater Institute. She's currently living in Paris pursuing her acting career. Thanks for joining, Shiraz. Let's get right to it. Let's start with the first question. So back when in the escalation in May, were you posting anything on Instagram or what were you posting? Mm, so I was like going back and forth between if I was on Instagram, I was currently posting and between literally seeing everyone post and how much it affected me and how much it hurt me. So I deleted Instagram every two days. So it was like going between two extremes constantly. Why were you deleting the app just because of the comments you were getting? Um, not so much the comments. Okay. So the first thing I feel like I need to say, I feel like, like I need to say two things before we start is anything I'm saying is like, obviously not fact and more, um, feeling based. Second thing is I feel like I'm way more exposed to hate because I'm a French Israeli. So I have friends that I follow and that follow me. I saw people I follow it and I know posting things that aren't true or are um, hurtful or are not information based or anything like that. So what I, by saying that is like as a French person, I also have all the French industry population or whatever friends I have that would post things. So that's mm-hmm. why I felt more exposed to that than I, what I think my friends were. Because it's not only celebrities or whatever. It's actually friends that I had drinks with in Paris a week ago. And then they yeah. post something. So how did you evaluate what, what to post? Were you mostly like sharing information that you saw? Or were you sharing more like um, your own content? A lot of things that I saw were shared. And then I would do my research based on the screenshot, whether it's something I agreed with or not. And then after my research, I would post on, I would go back to the post and post it. But mm. it was usually not just like, oh, that sounds nice. Oh, my God, that would make me look amazing. That would make me so popular, or so liked or whatever. Because I saw how much when people did that, it was so hurtful. So I was like, okay, that's where I need to like hold myself accountable for not doing that. And also, I'm not doing that since then. Whereas I might have done that in the past. That's why I'm not even blaming so much the people that do that. Because mm-hmm. I get it. I know where it comes from. Like, it looks nice to look nice. It looks nice to look um, knowledgeable. It looks nice to look involved politically. Like That was also something I noticed because, because everyone has the resources to know these things. So if you don't have an opinion, because you have the internet all the time, you have your phone all the time. And if you don't have an opinion on something that's so like a burning issue... It's like, then what are you doing with your time? You're supposed to know these things. And if you don't post anything, then it's like, wait, why are you, why do you not know anything about this problem? You're supposed to have an opinion. A hundred percent. And that's like my whole conclusion, not conclusion, but the thing that I I said back then when I said, don't, if you don't know, don't post. My first thing was me 
talking and it was very aggressive because I was very emotion-based and I was very angry. And then I deleted it because I was like, okay, you don't fix hate by hating. So the second thing I said was like, if you don't know, don't post and it's okay not to know. And more than that, we're not made to know and like care about everything. Otherwise, like our care is so gets way more cheap. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the don't know, don't post like trend that we saw during the last escalation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it, um, I think Israel is a subject very, obviously very politically sensitive because it involves two um, populations that are both very hurt and that are, it, it talks about years and years and years in the making. So it's not just the now, it's not what happens now. It's what happened 10 years ago in 20 and 100 and 200. You know, and I think a lot of um, people are interested because they feel like it's very clear to a lot of people what side to take. Um, and that's where it gets tricky, because I think people consider that it's to calm their guilt, they will automatically go to support what looks like being the more unfavorable side. The underdog. The underdog, exactly. When it's clear to point fingers or, or on who to feel sorry for, that's when people's guilt come and be like, okay, I have to make sure I show that I'm a good person. So let mm. me just click on that. And that's an easy thing to do because I don't have to research. I don't have to be invested. I don't have to donate. I don't have to... I don't have to have hard talks. That's another thing. There are so many things that are more effective is to talk to people, to know, to ask hard questions, uncomfortable questions, but people feel like so safe behind their uh, screens. So it's like, yeah. okay, let me do my part by literally clicking without any research, without knowing what's the source. Literally any one of us can do a meme, any one of us copyright it, make it a fact and be like, okay, you did, you know that if you drink, if you don't drink water during a whole day, you'll have wings. We can all literally <laughs> like start like <laughs> and people will be like, oh my God, did you hear the new thing? It's so, it's so easy. It's so yeah. easy. Yeah. And when it comes to like subjects that are so sensitive and so uh, root. Uh, deep-rooted oh that's the word I was looking for uh, so deep-rooted it's actually like not only are you spreading false information which why are you doing that it's like gossiping in high school two you're hurting people that are involved and you've never stepped foot in the Middle East and that's what I said the last time I was like do you know to put like Gaza on a map do you know the difference between Gaza and the West Bank yeah. are you placing in the things like i ask questions but not to be like oh you don't know shame on you but like ask yourself some questions if you know before posting as if you're like the knowledge the knowledge itself you know but yeah but i think one of the problems is is that because a lot of our information is from these social medias then people can see this 20 second video of something horrible that's happening on either side and go, Oh, now I know what's happening because I saw this video and it's from a credible source because it's from someone who is in Gaza or in yeah. Israel or from the West bank. 
So obviously I feel for them. I want this to change and I'm going to share it. So inside they feel I'm actually doing something that's right. That's justified. And they don't know if it's misinformation or not even from Israel or a video that's fake, or like it can be a million and one things, but they don't check because it seems that it's a credible source. I mean, I think even if I will post something, I don't know if I'm home and I post something that's happening to me, probably most of my friends will share it because they'll be like, I feel for Karen. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't, it's, it's hard to evaluate. Like if the information is real, especially if someone has no knowledge at all, then it's like, how can they even start the research to evaluate if this, if the, what they're sharing um, is credible and right? Yeah. Yeah. So a hundred percent. That's when I say like, I don't blame them. I don't blame them. I've been there. And I don't think that makes them actually like bad people or good people for posting or bad people for not posting or whatever the opposite. But the thing is, once you come across the opposite opinion or you come across um, something that cancels what you initially post posted, Mm -hmm. that's when there you should ask yourself some questions. There's also like, so much ego involved to say like oh sorry i was wrong for posting that or oh sorry that was a po- that must have been a misunderstanding uh, or like not right knowledge or whatever not right mm-hmm. information so i think there's a difference between posting out of good intentions and, and and it happens but then not putting not questioning yourself once you see because th- we weren't we were a big group of people being like, wait, there's also that information and that information. It's not because you posted that you can't go back on your saying or that you can't delete it or that you can't start doing the research or Mm -hmm. that you can't literally say, actually, I don't care about this subject. So let me just like exit the combo. Just exit the combo. It's fine. It's fine. You know, you were talking about conversations before, and I want, I wanted to ask you if you think that social media is a place for conversation because people can think, people can think that it was more of like an, an image warfare or a competition. It was like either, or, but do you think social media can be a place where it's actually a conversation? I think social media is a great place for conversation because one, it's the only place where you could talk to any one in the world at any time from any um religion cultures countries like it's literally the only place so when having conversations with people face to face that's obviously unmatchable because like you get the energy of the person you can talk to them you can feel them you can hear them it's obviously like not the same but you're limited to your circle or you're limited Mm -hmm. to the people that you meet and that's Mm -hmm. limiting in itself so um so I think it's a great place for conversation. I think the problem in social media conversation is that in order to be done right, it needs to like follow certain criteria. So another question I want to ask you is, did you feel that while you were posting um, online, did you feel that you were more of this like communal effort? Like it was your responsibility to to post because you're Israeli and everyone else was posting? Or did you mostly feel like I'm passionate about this? I want people to know what's going on back in Israel. And, and that's, uh, that's how you were posting. It was both because on the one side, I did feel, feel passionate about it because I saw what it like, what it like lightened in me. Like I was literally like 
thinking about it all the time and I was like obsessed and I was like doing research and I wanted to drop acting school and come study uh, actually Middle Eastern studies and Israeli studies in Israel I was like this is what I'm going to do in my life it, mm-hmm. it like became my new thing so I would le- it was obviously passion based but also I would love my passion to be like for me under a rock and then I was like okay but the thing is is I, I do have a certain audience of people that I've met across the world and I have mm-hmm. a lot of French friends And I have French, uh, friends from New York. So like, I felt like it was my, in my duty all the more that I have like people from the other side, I guess, that have no idea on what's happening to spread the information a hundred percent. And I still feel that way. And I, I, I don't think I'm putting like useless pressure on myself or whatever. I felt that way. Like my entire life as like both Israeli and something else to be an ambassador of. Mm-hmm. Going back to talking about conversations on social media. Do you think you had any valuable conversations or you learned something new about the Palestinian side that you didn't know before? Like, did you use social media in order to learn more about Palestinians? Mm-hmm. I think I understood the amount of suffering that was going on. And I think that made me like balance the, the sides more because I was like, okay, wait, if I was on the other side or whatever, or um That is actually horrible. I'm more soft in my arguments. Um, yeah, which is powerful and good. Because I think it's very hard to know what another side goes through if it wasn't yeah. for social yeah. So back to the don't know, don't post. So do you think has enough knowledge in order to post? Is it people only from Israel or from Palestine? Is it people who their parents are from there? Is it people who study this? Like what, what, who do you think is eligible to post? I don't think I'm the one to credit the eligibility to anyone. I think they should understand that things have consequences is more the thing. That's, that's more where, what I would emphasize rather than saying like, you're not eligible. It's like your posting effects is what I want you to understand. I think that's what I would say. But, but I, think, I think you bring up a good point that the don't know, don't post doesn't necessarily say no one can post but what it says it, it makes people question wait do yeah. i really know what i'm posting am i aware of my impact that i have when i do post something do i know if this is right or wrong if it's true or false i think yeah. i think that's a powerful point that it doesn't necessarily say you can't post because you're not from there or you don't know yeah. enough it just says you need to be aware what social media is for and the power it 100%, can have 100% and i think that's where it comes from i think that's where i came from when i said The things I was like, okay, your, your little fingers behind the screen have um, a consequence is all I'm saying. So please think about it twice before you do. Yeah. No, I think really that if that's the message that's been re- re- received, then that's what I want to send, you know? Um, so going back to Is, uh, Israelis and Palestinians in the U.S., specifically college students, what, what responsibility do you think that we have, especially in times of escalation when like the broader world is paying more attention? I think I have come to a point um, on my new interactions here in Paris where if someone asked me something, I'd be like, you know what? I don't feel like talking about it. And that's mm. so valid. And I was like, it took me a long time to be like, I don't have to explain myself everywhere. I don't. And that takes a lot of energy and that takes a choice. And I'm not always making that choice. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I'm not going to make it ever again. Of course not. I think, I think I have something in me like that burns to like always like 
spread how much, however much information I can to show that like, I want love and peace and this is wrong and this is true, you know? Um, and I think more people, if they feel obliged to, need to learn the sentence, oh, I don't feel like it, which is a valid one. I have like, for the month of all the things that happened in April and May, I saw myself like running a low battery because I felt like I needed to and I needed to and I was angry and I was always like mad and I was anything would make me cry and I was like this is not worth it because then what then in a year I'm going to be disgusted by the subject and not want to explain myself to anyone ever again mm -hmm. or I decide to like choose the moments that I want to explain myself and choose them carefully and sometimes say that I don't feel like talking about it and make sure that I check with myself that I'm being true to myself and that things are coming from the right place. And if they are, then I can explain myself in two years with more knowledge and in three years with more knowledge mm -hmm. rather than just now because I feel like I have to. Because sometimes that's another thing. Sometimes I feel like I'm talking to someone that is not even asking the questions in order to know more, but just to like directly blame me, me, me personally. So I also started like, noticing who I'm against and I saw myself like a, a month ago literally saying the sentence like oh I don't feel like you're actually listening to me so I'm gonna stop talking mm -hmm. I've said that you know and that's me being a little bit more aware with myself and how I feel and I yeah. think that's where it needs to come from I think yeah <clears throat> easier said than done huh but no yeah but that's a good point yeah back don't know don't post like in our in our minds in our context what do you think that non-Israeli or Palestinian students should do if they feel very passionate about this conflict? How do you think it's the best way for them to be um, involved? Should they post on social media? Should they go to demonstrations? Should they take classes about this conflict? What do you think? What would you recommend that they should do? Um, I recommend knowing what they shouldn't do first, which is like make sure they're not spreading hate because I think that it's so very easy. And that's what happened in April is that people that weren't Palestinian or Israelis convinced Palestinians and Israelis to hate each other outside world. You know, they literally like the whole social media rooted for hate, which literally created altercations literally in my city where we've lived with Arabs for literally so many years. I've lived with them since I'm born. All of a sudden we hate each other. Why? So I think the main thing is to know what not to do is like not to like um, encourage hate ever, 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 ever. And all the things you said, literally like just know, take classes if you want to ask your friends. Conversations are super important. Conversations with two sides. That's it for us today. In the next episode, we will be speaking to Saad, a Palestinian student from New York. Stay tuned.